there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, appearing on a Friday night. Ah, oh, well, that 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 can only mean that something special and unique and fantastic is happening in the world of professional wrestling. A pay-per-view! And, and if it's on a Friday that we're doing the prediction show, then it means that the pay-per-view is on a Saturday, right? Right? You guys know that because you you follow me religiously with, 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 with a, a, a high amounts of diligence. You know how these routines go. So that means that if, the, if it's a pay-per-view on a Saturday, then it's a very good chance that it's an AEW pay-per-view that we're going to be talking about. And you're, you'd be right because it's full gear 2020 happening on Saturday evening, November, November 11. My brain that always wants to smush words together. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And when I say we, I don't mean that like in a uh, egotistical third person motif. No, no, no. I mean we as in me being joined by my guest, Jeff Hawkins, Fightful contributor and uh, also a host of uh, Shake Them Ropes over on the Voices of Wrestling Network. How are you doing? I'm special, unique and fantastic as well. <laughs> that you, you are your, you are undoubtedly the most bubbly person I know. <laughs> oh yeah, when people think Hawkins, they go bubbly. Yeah, yeah that's him. That that's from point A to point B. You know, I'm I'm excited to talk AEW, which I only get to talk a little bit about on Shake Them Ropes occasionally because we're mostly WWE centric, but we try and cover AEW a little bit. But there's an AEW show. Oh, Jeff, did we lose you? Did we lose Jeff? We did lose Jeff. Hang on. For, we, we lost our boy Jeff here. Just as he was plugging his stuff, we'll give him the time to pro to properly plug everything. Otherwise, in the meantime, hey, I want to thank everyone who's already here joining us live here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, who's joining us live here on the Friday evening for the big show. We've got a packed house. Per usual, right? We've got Tim Traver who's in the house. Good to see you, Tim. DGMC is here as well. Hello, hello, and William Davis as well. Nice to see, nice to see everyone here. Thomas Gorys is here as well. Uh, who else we got? We got Anakin JMT as well. Mags, who is going to be joining me, um, who is going to be joining me uh, in the um, in the morning, early morning tomorrow morning, because we're going to be doing a New Japan uh, Power Struggle post show. But I'll talk about that in a bit. Kristen Ashley is here as well. First lady of the Mr. Warren Hay Show. Good to see you. Donald Gold is here as well. And uh, yeah, there we go. And uh, Wrestling Plug is here as well. Aaron Entertainment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I work on the internet at home all week. No issues. No issues with anything. And then all of a sudden I start talking wrestling. Power spikes. Yeah. Galore that just shut everything off. I apologize. For no, that. that's okay. That's okay. And when yeah, I, I could tell that something was wrong when when you weren't picking up because God, God forbid you would you'd never you wouldn't pick up for me, Jeff. I got I got so mad at that intro <laughs> that I said the hell with this. But I'm not it, anymore. And, and I mean, it was kind of sad because you were actually starting to plug your stuff, and I'm you know was, <laughs> uh, go right ahead. Let let what are you all about, Jeff Hawkins? Why should we listen to you and your and your wrestling opinions? Well, I, I, it was one of those things where, where on Shake Them Rose, we're mostly WWE-centric. 
but I, and because there's an AEW show on the network, but we occasionally get to delve in and it's because Shake Them Ropes is mostly a me show. Uh, <laughs> and there's no other way, but if something interests me, we'll talk PWG, we'll talk New Japan occasionally, sure. but uh, we never really get to go hardcore details into AEW. And I, I'm kind of interested in doing that because there's a lot I like, and there's a lot that I feel is missing in AEW. And, uh, and uh, I'm very interested to preview this pay-per-view because I don't know about you. I thought the last pay-per-view was kind of a disappointment. I I didn't think All Out was all that great. Uh, however, I will say that I'm very excited for the card for mm-hmm. Full Gear, much more than I was with All Out. That's definitely that that's that's the truth on my end. Uh, but yeah, we are going to get into it. We're going to get into start talking about stuff and doing the buildups. And folks, I mean, th- I, while you were gone, I, you know, I did my little spiel where I thank. Where, where I thank the live viewers who are joining us uh, on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. So I got all of that out of the way. And they've been leaving some super chats, Jeff, as, as, as things have already started. For instance, Anakin JMT left us one. Thank you very much, Anakin. And he says, note, Warren is still sus, as in suspicious. Also, Jeff, play Among Us. Have you heard of this game, this, this, this game sensation Among Us? Yeah, I have. The problem is I'm still way too much into Fall Guys still. <laughs> you like you 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 like playing with the 10-year-olds, Jeff? Uh, I do because it's simple and I can I can, you know, in my old age, I I can hang with them. Um I've also developed the rather weird addiction to Rocket League of oh, late, really? which is a which is a stupid game, but I love it. Yeah, but it's, it's so much fun. It is it's really e- fun. It's easy to pick it up, play it for five minutes, and then put it down. I, I like the concept of Among Us. I just haven't had a lot of time to play games between work and everything. Well, Anakin is pushing hard. He left us another super chat. He says, Warren killed Jeff. He is sus. Sus is short for suspicious. Ah, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's in the lingo. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll try and get you. We'll try and get you on to appease the masses at some point, Jeff. Uh, Joe Cook left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, Joe. He says, hey, Warren, I hope you've been well. I have. Thank you. I've been away for a while. Excited to get back into this weekend with full gear. And it's good to see you back, Joe. It has been a while. Good to see you, friend. And uh, Kristen Ashley left us a super chat. Thank you very much, darling. I'll buy you a coffee tomorrow. Says, uh, glad to see Jeff and Warren reunited. Now add Alex for the next show. That'd be... That'd be something. I, I Al- Alex is too busy spending his big checks from sour grabs to come here. Um, <laughs> thus, plebes basically rolling in all that stealing merch money. my gimmick. No, yeah, <laughs> no, he does a great show. Um, yeah, no, that'd yeah, be great. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, so okay, so let uh, before we actually start talking about the 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 card in and about itself and breaking down the matches and their own individual builds. I always like to start off by talking about how we felt about the buildup of, you know, how in general, how we felt uh, uh, um, the the how we, how we felt the pay-per-view was built. And um, well, we actually, talk- Warren, Warren, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to sure. go one step further. This is basically the one year anniversary, one year plus of AEW. Correct. Give a report card on on uh, on your basic overall thoughts of the promotion. Jesus Christ, my show's been hijacked. Um, I would say, like overall for the full for the first year, I would give it a B plus. Oh, okay. I'd give it a B plus. I think uh, I think um, I think there were uh, there were substantially more highs than lows, right? But I think there are some lows that still need to be fixed. Yeah, you know, it's 
you know, anyone who listens to what I do knows how I feel about the women's division. And that for me is a huge sticking point. Um, and, you know, I do recall uh, la um, like November, December 2019 to not have been particularly shining for AEW. Uh, but they dusted themselves off fantastically in 2020. COVID hits everyone pretty hard, but I think they did a really good job overall, but I still think there's some some sticking points. What about you, Jeff? I am in that B minus C plus, maybe even B a little bit. Okay. Maybe I'm being a little bit too hard at times. I think I agree with the women's division has been bad. I, I, for me personally, there's way too much comedy. Okay. Way too much for, for this. I think, I think the matches are fine. The matches are great. They're sometimes they're a little jam bandy. Sometimes they go a little bit too long because everybody wants to do their thing. You know, it feels like it feels very much like kind of a little anti WWE in that nobody says no to anything. Right. In terms of ideas. Right. And I think there's a little bit too much derivativeness of WWE as well. Some of the stuff I really love and yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll happen on this card, but some of the stuff their their biggest plus to me right now is they know when to give up on something that's not working. And I think that's important in wrestling. That's a that's a huge thing. I, I it, it, that's that that's the thing that that I think is the um the most redeeming quality that AEW has. It's it's self awareness overall. But that's also its biggest negative. And it's also I was gonna say it's also the, its biggest negative. And there's some places where it's like it doesn't seem that they're applying that self awareness at all. Right. Um. But uh, but yes, I agree. Because that because honestly. I remember before before the Christmas break, the shows weren't really good. And we come back in January with those January shows that they had. Then they went on the Jericho Cruise and they were fantastic. And everyone was like, okay, clearly Tony Khan sat everyone down around a table and was like, okay, we got to reset because, you know, we clearly there were some production meetings that were done and they were able to dust themselves off and and, and gave us some fantastic months of wrestling moving forward right into March, right into right up until COVID struck really. Yeah. I, I think there was a lot of that. There was a lot of the getting away from um, foreign promotions and interactions with them, especially with the, the Chinese act. Uh, was it OVE? Yeah. Sima, originally. And Shima and company. And then also for the women as well. Um, and that's partially COVID I get, but there was, there was a big, it seemed to me, uh, in terms of approach, there was a difference between how they were doing the approach with the athletic women and the Joshi women. And it was kind of conflicting at times to me. And I think they finally got that straightened out. You know, the, like for me, one of the big pluses was they knew that the, uh, was it the Dr. Luther Brandy Kong stable that they were starting to, that storyline was, yes. was it was a non plus that that was bad. So they got rid of that. You know, they have they have bailed on things. They have retouched hey, things. Just, they have done things with the Dark Order that have made them more interesting. Although they've kind of, to me, through being the, they're getting a little bit too. You got to watch Being the Elite to understand the wrestling right yeah. now, and I, I don't care for that. But overall, there are a lot of positives here. Um, the negatives will be will be discussing as we get into this card. I think I a little bit more. I agree, and it's you know the 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 BTE stuff. It's like I like to say, you know, I. Don't tell me that my enjoyment of Star Wars has to include yeah. reading the expanded universe. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of thing. That, 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 no, that's that's exact. That's exact. It's like uh, 
what is it when Donnie Darko came out? Well, to understand the movie, you got to go to the website and read all that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that because I thought the movie sucked. You know? <laughs> That's not. See, clearly you didn't go to the website, Jeff. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, and, and, and you mentioned it as well. You know, I leading up to this, I thought I didn't think All Out was all that great. Then again, um, you know, AEW has been putting on extremely solid shows. So, you know, I think even in a misstep, I, you're, we're, a far, we're a far cry from saying that All Out was a bad show. It was um, hindered by uh, unfortunate situations, perhaps uh, at the same time. There were some very strong matches, but others that were that in execution ended up being a little strange. Let's put it that way. Um, so I feel, uh, I feel they've done a good job building a card where I, where you get excited. I think there's, there's a match for everyone here. There's a, there's a lot to be excited about, but the build sometimes, Jeff, I don't know. It's been, uh, it's been a little kooky in some circumstances. I think there's only been two really strong builds. And for my money, that was um, the Moxley Kingston match, obviously. Sure. And I will give credit to uh, Co Cody Rhodes can still talk you into a building. It's not his dad's charisma, but he has a certain charisma when he wants to do the big moment promo. I call it debate club charisma for some reason. I don't know why that is. I like that. And I don't, and I don't understand why exactly because he'll, he'll start on this narrative, which is kind of like a meandering. It, it, it's almost like a WWE promo. And then there'll be a moment where it starts to click and I start to get into it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't realize I was into it until he stopped. And I'm like, Oh, that was a good promo <laughs> type of thing. It, it's, it's, it's sneaky. Good. It yeah. is for me quite a bit. I agree. Well, let's start talking about the the matches because there's quite a few. It's a it's it's a stack card. It, it's pretty good, and we're gonna start with we're gonna start with the 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 buy in the pre show one. And this, I mean, for a pre show match, there is so much to dissect here. NWA World Women's Champion Serena Deeb will be defending her title against Allison K. Now, just to make sure. I talked about it last night on Thursday. So if you watched the show last night, I apologize, but I'm still going to, we still have to break it down this way. We have an AEW signee who is currently the NWA champion, who is going to be defending that title on an AEW show against a talent who is no longer signed with NWA or is, isn't signed by AEW either. This is wild, Jeff. It's very wild, but I hope it portends to a working relationship with the AEW and the NWA, uh, which I think can be nothing but a positive. I would love to see Tim Storm. I would love to see Nick Aldis mm -hmm. back in AEW occasionally. Um, they've been the NWA has been releasing a lot of talent of late from their contracts because they want to go pursue guaranteed opportunities versus the hopes that NWA can get back up and running a little bit stronger later. Uh, and this is interesting because Thunder Rosa's status is a little bit up in the air. She's under contract until 2021, but there's rumors that both AEW and WWE would love to sign her. So you have it now on Serena Deeb, who was on the comeback trail in the May Young Classic and then became a trainer with NXT and then got furloughed 
and is now here as NWA champion with Allison K, who is also on the aforementioned NWA show. Uh, I think Allison K would be a solid gatekeeping talent to put on oh, this AEW roster. That's a good, yeah, that'd be a good role for her. I agree. Um, I wouldn't, I don't see her as being a face that could carry the division necessarily, but that's not a personal thing. It's just one of those things where I'm like, they're, what they're trying to do really is push faces that you've never seen before. And that's their entire thing. So I think this is going to be okay. I, I, I don't, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I think Serena Deeb has really kind of gotten back into let, let's put it this way. The match with her and Thunder Rosa, they were putting over Serena Deeb yeah. as a contender after that match. And that shocked me that commentary would do that. Um, I'd like to see a strong win from Serena Deeb as NWA world women's champion. If they're going to continue this relationship and build up feuds between the NWA champion and the AEW women's champion. Yeah, I agree. Um, lot, lots of stuff you, you touched on. And folks, by the way, if you're watching live right now, drop in the chat, who do you think is going to win? Deeb retains? K wins. Let, let us know. But but you did touch on, on quite a few things. Um, the, the to me the the pickup of Serena Deeb is a was sorely needed in in, in AW because I think that sh they do need someone with her chops to be able to guide the younger talent along. Because I'm pretty sure she wasn't just brought in to wrestle. I'm pretty sure she was she was brought in to train and mold. Uh, help a lot because there's a lot of the independent talent that they're that aw is picking up that are super talented and are great but have never worked for television never worked right. a hard cam and those are things that need to be taught you know which is one of the reasons i think a lot of people at first thought that chris statlander was a little sloppy when she started in aw it's you know i think she she was just thrown out of the indies and into onto tv without probably by just being said look the hard cam's over there and we'll have two guys on either side of the ring here work for them, you know? Yeah, we, we mock WWE for, for bringing in talent that's been on, on, you know, for veteran talent and saying, oh, they need to go in there and learn how to work the hard cam. <laughs> but there are times but where you need to know how to work the hard cam. That's it, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 you have to at some point. I, do, I, don't, I don't believe you need to do it for pinfalls every time like WWE does, but I do believe you have to know, okay, where's the camera at when I do this move? So that looks better than if I did it at this angle, so to speak. So I think there is some a bit of a learning process there. I think there is. I think, and 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 I don't think it's negligible. Like you said, it's not necessarily to always be working the hard cam, or you know, or working the angles. But you do have. To, I think the the relationship between where you are versus where the cameras are being positioned, even the the the, the mobile camera guys, right? Anyway, um, so 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 that's one thing. Um, I. Um, I also think and my feelings on the AEW women's division are very, very well, well documented at this point. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do out of this and how, how this will continue to benefit the women's division nonetheless. Right. Uh, I think, a, I think a strong showing by Deeb is the most logical outcome here and a victory because because she's signed, because she holds it, because she has a, because she has a belt, and she, well, she has to, she has to help create some credibility for the division, which is one of its main problems right now. Um, but outside of that, 
Uh, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be entertained by this match. I think Deeb and K are going to mesh well. I think this should be a lot of fun. It's just such a left field kind of, kind of match. I, you know, it's 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 a it's a match on the pre-show, and it's gonna it's gonna be fine. I I don't I don't don't I. I don't think a lot of people are going to be seeing it before the card, to be honest with you. So, it, it, you know, it's an NWA match, so it's kind of cross-promotion type thing. It's not really, sure. you know, the, uh, we don't know what the deal is going to be in the future with this because AEW may just decide, hey, we have our women's division. It was nice for you guys to be here. And, you know, here's a little bit of a rub. Go build something up, some stars up for us to eventually sign type of thing and and i'm like i'm with you if there's something that can be developed with the nwa that'd be great because i was really digging power because it mm -hmm. was it was so different from everything else and yeah and then they ran into some issues so. oh just, yeah there's a one or two oh, a few. <laughs> um and 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 then COVID really was the death knell which really sucks but yeah um i i i think we're both saying that on our end that serena deeb is going to win here Seems yes. to be the same thing in the chat. Seems pretty seems pretty uh, academic as far as that one goes. So let's talk about the next match. Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Um two uh, two guys who are very very over with with the AEW faithful. Um for similar yet also different reasons. Um well, I mean, we we touched on it. We talked about it before uh, before coming on the air. Just a a smidge um, in regards to uh, in regards to comedy in AEW. And uh, tell me your thoughts on this, Jeff. John Silver's inability to not corpse in a comedy scene has gotten him over somehow, which is amazing <laughs> because for years people have complained about people on Saturday Night Live who have to corpse. Yeah, who don't corpse. Uh, I am a big fan of the Beaver. Is it the Beaver Boys or the Beaver Brothers? I can't remember. But when I saw them in uh, in PWG, I really liked them a lot. And I was so happy when they started getting a shot here as enhancement talent. And then they became signed talent. And then they became part of the Dark Order. And I liked how they've used them here. This is going to be our first comedy match of the night for the most part, I think. Um, I think Orange Cassidy wins this. I think there's a lot of ha-ha spots followed by a lot of dives and things like that, followed by a couple more ha-ha spots, followed by a run to the finish. Oh, there you go. It's a producer Jeff Hawkins here. I think uh, I think Cassidy has to win this match. It's not even a question of he will. I think he has to. Um, this is a guy who's come out of very big programs just over the past couple of months. You know, I... I would assume that Chris Jericho would not be thrilled have, having put in a position, being put in a position, not wrong choice of words, having worked, worked a, an extended program program with Cassidy, worked hard to get him over as a uh, breaking through, uh, breaking through a ceiling, let's put it that way, only to have him lose to John Silver, who, God bless him. I enjoy his BTE stuff. I think he's funny, but he's a BTE star at this point. You know, he's not, um, he's not Cody. He's not Paige. He's not Omega. I, I, I think, I think we're going to see more of the, like you said, more of the haha -ha Cassidy in this one, as opposed to the orange Cassidy who was primed and ready to take on Cody for the TNT title. And he was all business and all serious. 
I think we're going to go back to the hands in pockets and the, you know, the the coffin drops with the and all that stuff. I think that's what we're going to go back to. But uh, uh, I don't like. I don't. I think. I think absolutely. Orange Cassidy has to win this because otherwise they're going to they're going to start breaking apart some some work that they've put into this boy over the past few months. Agreed. I even think it was weird that he lost to Cody. To be frank. Yeah, Twice. but but I think but I think the second one is a setup for what my point I'm going to make in the Darby Allen match. So. Okay, so we'll save it for then. So mm -hmm. we both have Orange Cassidy on this one here. Let's move on. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match. Clearly, uh, well, they, they've already started posting uh, stuff on the internet, right? Some hype, uh, some some hype promos. This is probably already in the can at this point. Um, I'm surprised that they decided to go back to this after what happened. I, again, I I want to say too many things at once. I'm not. Matt, Matt Hardy's run in AEW has been cursed. Mm -hmm. uh, they've tried really, really hard to do this thing with uh, Sammy Guevara, and it just wouldn't happen. Matt gets injured. Guevara... Guevara is Guevara and then he gets suspended for for a while then they try it again Matt gets injured again like it's I think they want to give this to both of these guys on uh, as a okay well we understand that circumstances were in our way to get to this point but is it is it the right approach I I'm not convinced I'm not sure uh I think look the end of that match suck the energy out of that pay-per-view. Yep. Yep. And they could never recover it. And I think Matt's the type of guy who wants to make up for that. And I'm fine with that. And I think they're going to cover their bases here. I think this is going to be a cinematic match. I think this is going to be like the Hardy compound. Yeah. Type things on TNA that you saw. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of laughs here, but they're also going to fold in because this was on the go home show. It, it, they are setting up Sammy Guevara to turn babyface, So he is going to be valiant in defeat. In many, many ways. I think we're going to get a few cameos in here. Uh, I would fully expect to see the Rock and Roll Express in here at some point, probably. Uh, you know, some other Carolina area legends, perhaps, as well. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it'll be everything that people who, who love these sorts of things like. And it, it's going to be it's going to be quality controlled to be good. So I'm fine with this. I'd let uh, it's going to be something that people who like this kind of thing. If are you like, yes, if you like cinematic matches, and let me tell you something, the TNA Hardy Compound battles were the best of them so far. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that as derivative, but I I think there is some fatigue because WWE took this trope and made it suck. So I think I think there there might be a little bit of criticism on. AEW for doing the same thing, but I think with Matt Hardy involved, I think it's going to be far more creative. So I'm good with it. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about turning Sammy Guevara babyface, uh, just dipping him in the lake of reincarnation. Right? Would make it that would be perfect. That's a possibility. <laughs> I, I I I was trying to think who who on the roster they could dip in the lake of reincarnation that's still there because like you don't have. 
like abyss is always the one i want to put in there yes <laughs> just yes. the parks come out but he's with <laughs> wwe now so i can't do that so i was i was trying to think of someone and i can't think of anybody that maybe billy gunn shows up at some point and becomes like mr ass and becomes dx or something like that but i don't know Yo, know, that would piss off a whole bunch of people on the internet if they did. Would that. it? Yes, would it, it would. Oh, yes, it would. I don't think it would. Oh, yes. Um, Wrestling Plug left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Wrestling Plug. Appreciate it. He says, he says, more likely Sting shows up. There you go. I'll take that. Right? I like Sting. I still like Sting. I still I'm like still, Sting. I'm still mad about how they treated him in that uh, oh. WrestleMania match. So if he can come back and do something, I'm good with that. And wouldn't yeah. it be it'd be the perfect situation if Steve Borden can't wrestle, if he indeed cannot like properly get physical, a cinematic get, match would be perfect. Oh yeah, Crow Sting goes into Lake of Reincarnation, comes out of Surfer Sting, comes out of Wolfpack Sting. We got, <gasps> we got, we got. We got oh God. Okay, now now if it doesn't happen, I, now you got to be disappointed. Now I'm you so just worked me into a shoot. Yeah. Now, good yeah, job, sorry. thank you, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, DGMC left us a super chat. He says, thank you very much. He says, Sammy emerges from the lake as an, Ad as an Adderall bottle. <laughs> it was such a good line that MJF laid on him though. It was, you know, we'll talk about MJF in a bit though, but it was such a good line. Um, well, okay. So does it, who do you have here winning Matt or Sammy? Also, Matt, does it even Matt. matter? I think Matt wins and it doesn't matter. I think Matt wins and it doesn't matter as well. I I agree. Like if, if, if Matt Hardy, I, I, I think the only, as I was going to say, if, if Matt Hardy is, is given the control that he had, like an impact to, to produce these matches, I think it'll be great. But then I'm thinking like one of the big elements that isn't there and that won't be there is Jeremy Borash, right? Yeah. Who was yeah. a big, big part of it. But Hey, fingers crossed. They got some creative people over there. All right, let's talk about one of the big ones. Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. It's the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. One of these guys is going to become the number one contender for the World Championship. Um, we were you, you were we were talking, or you were mentioning at the first that there were a couple of matches who had a very strong build into this. You mentioned Moxley and Kingston. Uh, you talked about Cody. I got to tell you that this is one of the, the this this is a strong one as well. I mean, this is some long term storytelling that they had been the, that they've been pulling off here, Jeff. I'm I'm excited for this match. I'm excited for the match. I don't I don't view the build as being very good. You didn't care for it? Didn't care for it because really? here here's why. Tell me Adam why. Adam Page is now emo drunk cowboy. We haven't really seen him go through the self-doubt phase at all. He's just kind of been a drunken kind of a, a wuss, quite frankly. And nobody wants to see that in their wrestlers. Omega's been, been building into the heel character, but it's a very hammy kind of heel build for him. Like, Are you surprised? Like, you sound I'm not, surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised, but it's also... <laughs> look, it's what Kenny Omega would be. And for me, I want... I want to see if Kenny Omega, and this is probably just expectation versus reality, and I'll admit that. Okay. But I've wanted to see Kenny Omega be main event heel charisma, and I've and and when they brought him in and they said they were going to turn him, I want main event charisma out of him, and instead I've mm. kind of gotten he can't he's always had these kind of play to the back of the room mannerisms and things like that where he plays things a little too big. 
a little too sure, yeah. broad for, mm-hmm. for my taste. You know, I I think this build is interesting in as far as what's going to happen with Paige here. Because we know Omega's going hail. We probably think the Bucks are going to be involved somehow in this. Does Paige go heel as well with the the rest of the elite? Does he become super good guy after this? And it all depends on what you think who what you think the better build for the championship match would be. Sure. Um, I think the match is going to be spectacular, but I th- uh, but I'm afraid they're going to pepper it with too much. You remember the Roman Reigns Jey Uso Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. monolo- monologuing that was going on way too yep. much. Yep. Too much Way exposition. too many, too much exposition. Stuff. I'm afraid they're going to do a lot of that in this match. You think that's so? my fear. Uh, well, that's my concern. Okay. If it's just a straight match where these two end up beating the crap out of each other, I'm for it. If it becomes, it becomes, oh, Adam Page can't finish his friend because they've been through some. And I'm just, I'm just going to ram my head through a wall. I think uh, I have Page winning this shockingly enough. Really? I think it's the best. I think it's the best move. I think if you're going to build Page into a star, it's the best move. He overcomes his alcoholism by wrestling, I guess. Well, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's it, and and uh and then Omega beats the tar out of him after after the match, and then that affects Paige's championship match after that, and then that establishes that way you can beat Paige a little more easy. Omega gets established as an alpha heel, and we go from there. Oh, that's very oh, that's okay. I that's an interesting an interesting, uh, an interesting booking uh, vision. Now here. tell me why I'm wrong, Warren. Hayes. Well, hang on a second. I'm not necessarily. I, I, you know, I allow myself to be swayed. Because, uh, uh, frankly, look, it, the one, the one thing that you're absolutely right on uh, about is making uh, Adam Page a superstar. Uh, they tried that last year, and yes. and and they pivoted Page into, as you called him, emo alcoholic cowboy they, they were supposed to turn him but, heel and they didn't and then they got lost and they decided to turn the other guy well heel. i think they was... try I, they tried to turn him heel but he got it but it got over yeah so then they they went another round which i really appreciate and again this goes to our earlier point where we we're talking about aw at least reads the room sees what's working not working they could have decided to just push um white baby face Adam Page down our throats for months. White, white meat, baby face. White not meat. White Did I say? I just said white, right? You well, just said white. I mean, yes. I mean, it's not entirely false either. You know, <laughs> he not... is Caucasian, yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. So but, so to to that point, I, you know what? You're probably right. I mean, or at least it's the boldest way to go about it, right? If you want to make sure that he's a superstar, that you don't want to fall back into uh, another year of. Adam Page hitting the bar and drinking uh, finger of whiskey upon finger of whiskey. Um, you need to give him something a little more substantial. But I can't help but think that uh, that we're at a point where we need a main event level Kenny Omega at the same time. I agree that his I agree that his energy is uh, a little is a little corny, but. The corniness is also, I think, what makes Omega endearing. I think that's part of his. I think okay. that's part of his overall shtick. He knows there's a. He wink winks a lot at the audience. We know this. He he did it in New Japan. We get it. We know this isn't new. And I think that's part of his brand. And I think it's one of the reasons why people relate so easily to him because they feel like, uh, they they they. 
they feel like he's always sharing little tidbits with them that if you're paying attention, you're going to pick up on them kind of thing, you know? And I'm, I'd be okay with them running Mox and Omega again, because that's what they did pretty much a year ago, but in reverse roles, right? With Kenny as, as the heel with Mox as the baby face. I'd be okay with that because I think we'd get another, another really good match out of it. And Mm -hmm. quite frankly, it'd make sense to me to see Kenny Omega with a, with a, with a big uh, championship belt around his waist. Cause let's not forget another variable here. Uh, John Moxley, see, he seems to be wrestle kingdom bound in a couple of weeks, right? Does, and he has to show up with the IWGP US title. Does he show up with the AEW world championship title too? You know, I think there's, there's that dichotomy at the same time where, um, where if I'm Tony Khan, I don't necessarily want my world champion to show up on your program with your lesser belt. You know what no, I mean? No, no, I agree. As my phone goes off and I can't reach it right now. Oh, that's uh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> Talk loud, um, bury it out. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm fine with that. I just, I just think if you're going to do that, that, uh, that you'd want some sort of working relationship with AEW. Uh, if he shows up with that title, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he Moxley's only showing up with the, I, with the, uh, IWGP belt. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I, I still don't think things are smooth over with, uh, with the elite in new Japan. Okay. We'll Give me a happens. sec here. I'm going to go turn my phone off. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, go right ahead. And in the meantime, we'll read some super chats as, uh, as Jeff goes off and handles uh, his logistics. Um, DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much, DGMC. He says, Omega has turned into narcissist Lex Luger, and I love it. There is. I mean... That's it. It's part of his. Uh, th- that's part of the thing. And I agree. You know, there's something very smug and narcissistic about him, which is which is a lot of fun. It, uh, it's smug. I just don't want. I just don't want like uh, forearm chainsaw Kenny coming back. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> forgot about that. DGMC uh, left us another super chat as well. Uh, says uh, vignettes of Sting teaching Darby how to surf, please. If referring back to. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, and I uh, and DGMC left us another super chat. Thank you again, DGMC says Mox is shooting uh, the forbidden door with a blow dart. <laughs> there you go. Wanted, I just want to say hello to Midcard Maniacs and Andrew Ardizzi who joined us in the chat. Good to see all of you. Uh. The uh, AEW Women's Championship will also be defended. I don't know if you heard about this. Blink, you might have missed it. Hikaru Shida, the champion, versus Nyla Rose, accompanied by Vicky Guerrero. Um, look, Jeff, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not impressed. <laughs> that was a that was a pensive pause right there, my yeah. friend. What are you about to say? No, God, no. It's just because I, I have to try. I just have to try to be to, diplomatic. Uh, not necessarily be diplomatic, but reining in because. I can I, I can go off 15 minutes straight on the AEW women's division. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with uh, I'm not impressed with uh, how they've been handling uh, their women's division and especially their champion. Uh, we haven't seen Sheeta on TV for weeks. Suddenly, two weeks ago, she's talking with Alex Marvez, who announces to us that hey, by the way, Nyla Rose has said 
that uh, she she's boycotting wrestling because you're not giving her a title shot. And Sheeta says, oh, okay, well, I challenge her. And then boom, we get the match. Then the week after we get Nyla Rose getting a squash, which was fine. That I'm okay with the heel getting a squash match going into the big match. But then they get to, but then they they have a, a pull apart brawl. And I'm using massive air quotes and because it was kind of lame. Two weeks into the pay-per-view, they can't even muster up like full quarter hours for their women or their champion. And they just, they just drop it like a bunch of runny eggs and say, here's breakfast, guys. That's, those no are my thoughts. There, okay. <laughs> There's no depth in this division. And I would even include when they had Statlander there. Um, because none of these women are having their weaknesses protected. No. I love Sheeta as a babyface champion. She should not be cutting interviews or promos. These are storylines that she should be doing a bit. And the problem is she doesn't have a full roster of heels to build her up as a babyface in any way. Mm -hmm. She has Britt Baker, who's kind of on the sidelines now, still kind of, I think, rehabbing the knee a little bit. But, you know, she draws so much focus as a heel that they don't want to put her up against Sheeta just yet. So you go back to Nyla Rose, who... Look, Nyla Rose can put on a match here and there. There's nothing wrong with that, but she's just kind of here as a presence still. They haven't given any reasons other than she's around. And they've been doing this a lot with Big Swole. They did it. They've did it. They've done it. There's just a lot of women here who don't have a lot going on, quite frankly. No. And and I hate to say this, too. I am uber disappointed in how they've used Vicky Guerrero. They didn't. They, they member buried her versus brought her in as some sort of presence. It's like, do you remember Vicky Guerrero? You remember how she used to say, excuse me and annoy you? Here she is again. Nothing different about this character. Nothing terribly interesting about this character. No real motive about this character. No real great promo from this character. So this has been lacking quite a bit. And it it, it shows a certain hole in the game of AEW as well in that all these people that you're pairing with all these managers for the most part, uh, aren't learning to talk on their own, aren't learning to do anything, don't have much interaction, and the manager seems to be the star of the act for a lot. I love Taz. I think Taz is one of the best talkers in AEW. Unfortunately, I don't think Kate, like Cage and Ricky Starks are getting too much out of that other than kind of being part of the stable mm-hmm. for now. I think they'd be better interactive and stuff. But to get back to Vicky Guerrero, <clears throat> I would much rather have an existing manager manage Nyla Rose right now. And I think that would make it far more interesting to have an intergender type stable, much like the dark order, right? Much like the nightmare family. If you, if you'd given Nyla Rose to say Tully Blanchard, would that been, have been an interesting promo for you? Would you have paid money for that? I would have, because I think Tully is probably the number two promo in the company right now. <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, you could have used Jake here. You could have used somebody else. But, you know, I like Vicky Guerrero. They just haven't made many interesting choices in this division other than to have people there and then to eventually get them in matches. Yeah, no, I agree. That, that That's the thing. Um, something that, that I like to talk about quite a bit as well is that it, it's not sometimes it's not even a question of having them wrestle. It's creating the personalities so that we can get to know the women and then get attached to them. Right. Yeah. You love Pac. I love Pac. That's not a problem. We were happy to... Well, I assume you love you love Pac, because I haven't met anyone who doesn't love Pac. 
Okay. I like him a lot. Oh, there you go. So you like him. I like him. I was excited to see his vignette on on uh, on Wednesday, right? But for they do a vignette for a wrestler who's still in the UK and can fly over, as far as we know right now, of course, you know. Why are they giving him vignettes when you have when you still have like Penelope Ford, who could definitely benefit from some some well-produced vignettes to make us understand why she is a bad, bad girl, for instance. You mean something else other than hanging out with the video game geeks? Exactly. For instance, you know, sort of, uh, that would be really interesting. Uh, and, and again, you know, uh, as much as I, and, and I'm going to contradict myself, as much as I like the build to Adam Page and Kenny Omega, they got four segments on Dynamite. They got, they had both of their sit-downs. They had the Cinderella thing, which was fantastic. Perfect, perfect choice of song. I thought it was great. And they had the run-in at the end of the Private Party Young Bucks show, uh, match, excuse me. So do we really have, did we really need four separate segments within that one show to build this one feud when there are, the, you, you have an entire division that people just don't know about because you're not featuring them anywhere. And don't go featuring Brandy. Brandy's fine. We get Brandy and it's okay. But there's 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 talent. Even if the, even if you're not necessarily ready to put them into the ring next week, why isn't Big Swole getting some? Why you know it, it's it's weird to me, Jeff. They need to learn how to talk, quite frankly, because personality will get you far more over than having a good match. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. That's AEW's Achilles' heel to me is that they. Uh, look, sign Nicole Savoy and have her teach a promo class to the women because she is, she she's a True. great talker. Mm -hmm. And they brought her in to do this dumb little swole character, and all she was was the little swole character, which was which, which didn't play to her strengths. Basically, this this division, other than Britt Baker, has no personality whatsoever. It has good wrestlers, or at least wrestlers who try hard. And that's and they're trying to kind of make matches with heat about that. But the heat is where the build is. And they don't have any heat in it other than Nyla Rose being a bully. That that's the that's the one story they've had throughout this entire history of AEW. Oh. Nyla Rose is a bully. And and, and Brit. And Brit. Yes. And I agree because I, I agree. I, the Sheeta for me comes across as a Bret Hart for their, you know, she. You yes. Know, a very, that's a good that's a good that's a good analogy. Very good technically sound you know you don't necessarily want her on the mic but when she, once it's once once it's time to wrestle like she's if she has perfect. a if she has a crowd she can fire up and the crowd will get behind her it's it's the same issue as Riho mm -hmm. if, if you brought her back absolutely that's a that's a very good comparison as well uh DGMC left us another super chat thank you very much he says I think AEW did Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa too soon I agree there was no build to that there was you, you brought in you brought in Thunder Rosa to an audience that didn't know a, that that AEW did not know unless they watched the NWA, and then you had her have a competitive match with Serena Deeb and put over Deeb harder yeah. as a as a promotion, which didn't get Thunder Rosa over much better. Uh, we need to pick a, a winner for this match. I think Nyla Rose gets the title. I think Nyla Rose wins too. I think so too, and I don't know what the plans are moving forward, but I think that's what's going to happen. But you know what? Here, here's the thing. I like their match at Double or Nothing that they had, yeah. uh, Sheeta and Rose. I think, okay, just before we move on to the other match, uh, 
this is one of the hills I'm uh, hills I'm ready to die on, Jeff, for 2020. Um, I think Nyla Rose is one of the most improved wrestlers of 2020. At this stage last year, I was cringing at the thought of seeing her wrestle, and I think she's she's picked herself up. Her she's much tighter, much crisper. Uh, doesn't give me the impression that she's about to hurt anyone. She doesn't flub spots half as much or 75% as much as she does as she did. Um, highly impressed with her improvements in 2020. She's improved. I think a lot of the praise on the improvement is a little bit smoke and mirrors because of garbage wrestling stuff, putting people through tables, you know, she, she, she does that very, very well. I think, um, well, she, but she, no, I, but, but I agree with your basic premise. I think she has improved. I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not going to overpraise the improvement necessarily. Though. Well, cause she, she did have, uh, she did have like hardcore spots, uh, yeah. leading up to, to in 2019 as well, but they seemed a little soft. And when she yeah. did have to pull off. Some yeah. Moves, you yeah. Know? No, she, she had very, they were like, she had like, like some gingerly slams here and oh, there occasionally. Slams. That's uh, I, I feel I feel like I should go out and order of one. Gingerly now. slams are very tasty. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's happy yeah. hour, right? Not the Hawkins. Hawkins. Oh, <laughs> no, but 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 yeah, there were there were times where you could tell, you know, that she hadn't had a lot of in ring work, a sure. lot of in ring experience, and 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 she was being very gentle with the people she was in the ring with, and now, now it looks a little bit more crisp and tighter. I would agree with that, though. Next match we have is uh, Cody Rhodes. We can use that now. Yes. Versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. I don't know if you heard, but it is the most sought-after title of uh, of the of the past year. I don't know if you heard about that. Can I go into history and why this match makes me a little angry? A little angry, not much. Please do. Back in the territory days, back when Jeff had hair and dreams and friends. <laughs> Territories would make up a television title. Why? Because you usually didn't get main event matches on television every week. Sure. And you could watch a weekly television and get a good match after all the squashes were done. Usually you'd get a 20 minute beat the champ or a 10 minute beat the champ type match. Sure. And you and you could and you could say, hey, my hour just wasn't wasted watching squash matches and and promos, which I still love. Then the era of pay-per-view came in. And what happened? They started defending television titles on pay-per-view, which drove me nuts. Yes, it's technically on television, but the whole point of a television title was to be put on free television right. so that people would then come to the house shows. Uh, Warren, this is the AEW Television Championship, pretty much. Mm, I agree. Because it's named after... Uh, is, is this uh, pay-per-view on TNT? No, it's not. Then why is the TNT championship being defended on a pay-per-view? Oh, oh, just being too, just being too nitpicky. Eh, eh, eh. Okay, fine. Make it the secondary title then. Make it like AEW North American Championship or whatever. But if you're going to make something a TV title, make it a damn TV title and defend it only on TNT. All right? This pisses me off in a, in a small way because I like continuity in my storylines. Now, let me talk about the match now that I'm done ranking on myself go ahead story of this match was established in the orange Ca second orange cassidy cody match because there's a little scene detail that people forget about that match because the camera didn't catch it properly 
Arn Anderson helped Cody Rhodes win that match by knocking out Orange Cassidy, mm -hmm. by slugging him. Same thing's going to happen here, and Cody's going full heel as well. Probably to join Omega and the Bucks in some way, I think. Could be to join FTR in some way. I don't know. But I believe Cody's going full heel, or at least we're continuing that story. This is the time for Darby to get screwed out of the title. Maybe he goes to Sting after this. I don't know. And then Darby will win on the next match. I don't know. I personally, because I just don't see taking the title off of Cody this soon after him winning, winning it. But, it I could, but, but it would not shock me if it happened. Because I think, I, I think Darby Allen's another guy that they, they stopped pushing after, the, after COVID hit. Because the crowds weren't there to cheer him on. They teased him being a heel for a very short time. Mm -hmm. Decided that was a bad idea. Uh, but I could see Arn Anderson helping Cody win and beat Darby Allen here. Uh, that makes sense to me. And I, and I guess that's what you were talking about when you uh, earlier when you were referencing the, uh, your connection with, uh, with the Dark Order and um, Orange Cassidy about this match. Because yeah. we did get a super chat from Wrestling Plug. Thank you very much. It says more... Um, uh, no, DGMC, excuse me. Thank you again, DGMC. It says OC and or Darby versus Dark Order after full gear. That's... I could see that. Did he uh, remind me? Cause I can't remember offhand. Did he dye his hair back blonde? Yes. Or is he still a brunette? He's a blonde. Cause I thought there was going to, I thought there was going to be a dark Cody storyline. I think uh, with the dark order, but I don't think that's going to happen now. I think they're just going to turn him heel with Arn Anderson. Maybe have Arn and Tully join forces again and have that kind of stable type thing. Sure. The, um, here, uh, so in regards, in, in, again, in regards to uh, to Cody winning, um, you have the situation here where nonetheless you end up with Darby Allen, who has never, who has been in big matches, but has never won the big one so far. And yeah, and, and um, uh, uh, I, I like I think his record, his record against Cody is like zero two and one, I say, or zero three and one, something like that. It's very Tommy Dreamer. In ECW, right? No, he, I, where, I, where, he, where he where he never beat Raven. Yes, all the time. Right. I think there's a little bit of that in this. I think I think eventually what's going to happen is they're going to wait for. I don't know, but there's a bit of a crowd here. There's, That's the thing is is they might be waiting. For the, I thought they might be wait for a crowd to give Darby his first title win. Oh man, now I'm rethinking this. It could. I mean, I still think Arn tries to help Cody win, but maybe Darby foils that and actually does win. That's what I'm going to go with. Darby Allen wins this, even though Arn tries to cheat. Like, I mean, it, I, I, I think we're at a point just, just yesterday on the media call, you know, Cody was putting over the fact that, you know, they, that, uh, they do, uh, uh sports centric storylines, right? Well, if you want to go to the, with the sports centric storyline here, Cody and, uh, Darby have a very well punctuated history within AEW at this point. And, uh, and I, you know, the records are there. It, it, I, I like me. That's, that's blowing smoke. I know. I know. <laughs> they don't do a lot of sports related storylines. Shut up. I Continue. Know. I know. I know. I was just, Hey, then he said it himself yesterday. Yeah, I know. And, and part of my disappointment in AEW is that Tony Khan said, Hey, I watched a lot of mid South back in the day and there ain't nothing like mid South in this no, 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 federation. No, 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 no. Uh, so, so the idea, the idea of Cody, uh, the idea of Darby pulling off a win here at some point has to make sense because it's kind of, it's kind of like, bear with me here. It's kind of like Okada and Omega, but on a much smaller scale 
where mm-hmm. eventually Omega, after eating all the losses, learned every time and eventually got everything in order so that he had all the knowledge of Kazu to finally uh, win the big one, right? And I think you got to pull the trigger on Darby Allen because here's another thing, Jeff, is especially if they're returning audiences, no one wants to back a loser. And I don't care how charming or charismatic or how many times they want Steve-O to throw him off of a uh, of a uh, skateboard of a bridge ramp, of a bridge <laughs> in a body bag. Um, at some point, you want your favorites to win, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is one of my concerns with Jungle Boy, but that's a whole other story as well. Um, so I think, I think, I think Darby, I think Darby wins this one finally. Agreed. Again, DGMC with another super chat. Thank you very much. He says, uh, "Do you think Sting can do a kickflip?" Not anymore. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna ollie. I don't think he's gonna do a. <laughs> he's gonna grind into the uh, grind, grind into the uh, into the arena. Uh, the uh, tag team uh, championships are also going to be on the line, of course. FTR versus the Young Bucks. I want to hear what you think about all of this shit, Jeff. Just a garbage build. Right? I'm going to say this because this has been the dream match they have been building for years on being the elite. And then you have the Young Bucks running around like the biggest dicks in the company. Mm -hmm. And then you try and give them baby face shine by having FTR break their leg, do the do the pilmanized spot of the ankle or of the knee to cover up for the Matt Jackson injury that's going on right now. Is he legitimately injured? Yes, oh, he has okay. a he has a thinning of the ACL and a slightly torn MCL. Oh, that's not good in his knee, which he got when he did the uh, when he did the dive the off onto the table on uh, Butcher and Blade and a and leg of the table came in and whacked him FTR. Look, I love FTR. Love me some FTR. I love Tully Blanchard. Love him to death. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. FTR has been disappointing in some ways, not in the ring in the, in the ring. They've been fine. I'm, I'm waiting for the killer FTR promo. Yeah. That I'm waiting for them to improve on the mic somewhat. Tully's banned from ringside apparently, but I think he probably makes an appearance somehow uh i think the stipulation of this match is ridiculous because well it's a hat on a hat on a hat right yes that's exactly what it is we have this grudge match and the problem is we have bad versus worse and we didn't build up worse as as legitimately worse compared to the bad so it's bad guy versus bad guy with no real favorite here there's not a lot of heat to it because all they've been doing is super kicking for comedy's sake. It doesn't feel like the grudge match with heat that I want it to be. And the stipulation ruins it because I think the Young Bucks have to win this, which takes the title off of FTR. And I think FTR needs the titles more than the Bucks do. I think FTR need the titles more than the Bucks as well. Uh, the thing... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes, and we didn't talk about MJF yet, but, but it, we'll, we'll we'll get there. Sometimes I think AEW's um, biggest flaw, I think, as we said, is its self awareness, right? It's and at 
when you when you got when when everyone started salivating at the mouth when FTR were finally on the outs with WWE, all everyone wanted, everyone was talking about was the Bucks versus FTR. And you didn't need any artifice. You didn't need anything for this match to be exciting. You said you're the best team. Yeah, we're here to prove you're not. Boom. And that's it. We've been, like you said, it's been building on BTE for years, this thing. Right, it's been a self a self sustaining question amongst fans. That's all you need to do, and and right up until this point, I thought that this could main event. I thought this was a main event caliber match. But you know, talking with with uh, with uh, people online and 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 people who joined the the the, the program as well, they. Everyone's there's a there's I wouldn't say everyone, but there's a solid base of people who who feel like that main event sheen that this match had was taken away because the build was so weird because the build took everything that could have made it special and focused on the Bucks being dicks to everyone and super kicking officials and Alex Marvez. And why was this? And, and it had nothing to do with FTR. The Bucks and FTR the, was just and FTR had that truck and the Butcher and the Blade stole their truck. Oh no, what's going to happen after this? You know, it, that it's such a that's such a WWE storyline. It is. And that's what they were trying to get away from and that just instantly took us away. And then the, you know, they teased Arn and finally got Tully and Tully is the voice of, I mean when when they're backstage and they give a promo, the guy who's serious is the guy who's not in the ring, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and because, and, you know, not to say his performance has been perfect either, because I want more managerial histrionics, you know, on close pins. I want him to act more versus just, I'm there for the spot where I have to pull the leg on the rope and that's it out of him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want more, I want more JJ Dillon out of Tully Blanchard, which is very, un- <laughs> which is a very unusual thing to say, but it, it's true. I wanted more heat in promos from these two. And I've been getting the expositiony type of promos from them. And, and, and a, and a very, a level of smugness that, yes. that, that, that isn't that, that we didn't expect from them. You know, they're, they're, they're a little more, they, they should be grittier than. Yes. Yeah. That's, that is a, they, they, they don't have the edge. Yeah. They don't have that gritty Anderson like edge where we're coming in, not only to win, but to break your arm or to break your leg, which we were all thinking that they were going to be being a throwback team type of thing. Mm-hmm. They are there to do pretty choreographed spots like every other tag team. And I don't think people necessarily want that out of the team. I think they want the kick stomp type thing out of them and to be ass kickers. And they haven't been ass kickers. They've been a good team that does good moves, but they have not been ass kickers. And that's, that's the, that's the disconnect for me. And that's where the heat is. The heat is FTR who stretch guys, no flips, no, just fists, beat a guy, work a, work a body part, break a guy's neck with a spike pile driver, whatever you want to do, are coming in to, to fight the smoothest, most, you know, high-flying tag team of the past 10 years, the Young Bucks. The antithesis. The antithesis. Yes. The diametrically opposed teams. Yes. Yeah, the, the people who hate the Young Bucks love FTR and the vice guy, versa. The guys who take professional wrestling seriously 
are here to kill the guys who take it ironically. Exactly. Exactly. The guys who are here to, yeah, revive the business from those who killed it. The guys who are here, the, yeah, the guys who are here to wrestle are here to take out the guys who want to be entertaining. There you go. DGMC left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, DGMC. Very kind and generous of you tonight. Says, uh, Jeff wants Tully to carry a Waffle House menu? Yes. No. <laughs> no, that's Arn's job. We know that. Um, no, but no, but I just think, like, there have been a couple backstage promos with the three of them. And the guy who you gravitate towards, I mean, it, it was just like the, the Sean Spears thing after the underwear spot. Where it's like, oh, they're never going to be able to save this guy. And then Tully just comes in and is legit pissed. Yeah. It feels like, and you're like, oh, this just put an edge on this now. Okay, <laughs> great. I want the edge. And yes. I'm not getting the edge. And that's the problem. And and I agree. So, um, okay, clearly, who do you who do you think wins here? I think the Bucks win. I think I think they do something dumb and they put the titles on the Bucks. Because I, look, I think the more interesting thing is they can never challenge for the world tag team titles again. And then you find out a way to do it. But they already have that with Cody and the world title. I don't want. Yeah, I don't exactly. want. I don't want that stip running around willy nilly. Unless there, unless there's some Deus Ex Machina they're gonna pull where everybody can now, because the heat with Cody turning heel is he's gonna immediately challenge probably for the AEW world title when he said he couldn't before and and find a legal loophole or whatever and do it. And we'll be okay with that. That would yeah. be fine. That would be absolutely fine. I think the Bucks win, but by DQ. I think, uh, which would be strange because AEW doesn't do DQ finishes, but I think this is a this is an easy out for them. So you think FTR does something to them and they win by DQ? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's and I'm, I'm, th yeah. I'm thinking. That, that's I'm thinking that's the. I think in that might be the appearance of Tully. There you go. Somehow, because remember he was dressed as what the ring guy or the cameraman last time. It'll probably be like a popcorn vendor or something this time. And come in as a member of Retribution. DGMC, yeah. <laughs> DGMC <laughs> left us a super Another question from DGMC left us another super chat. And I'm going to toss this one straight to you, Jeff. Could Cornette have saved this buildup? Yes. <laughs> That's a very, I mean, Cornette might appear on this card. I think there's a chance. I, I look, I uh, go on. I might have painted myself into a corner right then. No, I, I do think that there is a chance that, hey, nobody else has to talk to this guy. He just has to come in and do the spot and hit a guy with a tennis racket I'm, and then leave. Look, And I'm, then maybe he never shows up again. I'm going to tell and you. And then Tully says he hired him to do that because he couldn't be at ringside and I needed someone. And that will get mega heat online. It would. Just a one-time thing where he comes in, doesn't talk to Kenny, doesn't talk to anybody else that he hates, doesn't... Because th that's the th here's the thing is that you can he's, make money with it. <laughs> he, he's insulted forty five percent of the roster, right? From Kenny Omega right down to Sunny Kiss. We're not even going to mention Joey Janela because that's you know that's a Bible in and about itself. Um, and, and I'm just saying this, Jeff, because I I agree to a certain extent. You put Cornette, you give him a microphone, you let him build a match. He's gonna he's gonna have you buy a ticket. That's As for, for sure. the question, yes, he could have he could have brought you to the building with his promos about how much he because he would have brought the hate that we wanted. Yes, because you know he doesn't like the books. The problem is, is that every you know, well, you look. We were talking about NWA earlier. Look, look at what happens then. 
this is the baggage that he carries now. And if AEW positions itself as a progressive, again, with air quotes, type company that I, you know, Jim Cornette is the last guy that that screams progressiveness in pro wrestling, which is weird because he's a, you know, he has very liberal political views, but you know, that's why you don't keep him. <laughs> you just use him. I mean, that's why I was singing on this one. You keep, I mean, for the question, yes, he would have built heat. I could see you using him for a one shot where he hits a guy. Everybody gets pissed at it. Everybody wonders if he's working for them full time. And then it just turns out he was there for a one shot cameo to screw the bucks so that they can never work again. Which would be Jim Cornette's dream. It would be, it, it'd probably be very, but that it'd be very satisfying for him. I agree. I yes. agree. Yes. Okay. I, 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 I can almost buy that one. Um, let's see. Oh, Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. Good to see you as well. <laughs> About Jim Cornette. He says, you'd have to lock him up in a padded room to keep him away from Kenny and the Bucks. Let's it's keep fine. him away from Sonny Kiss and others that will kill him. That's fine. You keep him on a bus the entire time until it's time for him to go, just like every other surprise in professional wrestling these days. I'm good with that. Is there a you, you, is, is there is there a Wendy's like in the parking lot of Daly's place? Because you, you just... can get him, you can get him takeout, and you know, turn on the TV on the bus, <laughs> and let him eat his Wendy's and drink his Sprite. Jim, it's time for you to go out and hit a guy with a tennis racket. In out. Thanks for coming. Here's your paycheck. Good night. That's called doing business, kids. Oh, of course, of course. Um, Chris Jericho uh, versus MJF. If MJF wins this match, Jeff, uh, he's allowed to join the inner circle. Oh, okay. But there's a lot. There's a lot of stipulations on this night, isn't there? Yes. No. There a lot of unnecessary stipulations. This, to a certain degree, when okay. So let's say you're the alpha male of 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 a group. Okay. Let's say you're the leader of a gang, Jeff. Like fightful, yes. <laughs> um, and and let's Continue. say no, yeah. And uh, and let's say you you there's this guy who's angling to get into the group. You say okay, we're gonna we're gonna fight each other. Are you going to let the guy who beats you, the the boss, the alpha male, are you going to let that guy join your group? Because he's already undermined you as a, as a leader. If he beats me, then that's a guy I can use. If you if if, if I mean if that's the if that, see the the thing is it makes no sense because it makes no sense here because it's been a passive aggressive and they've been doing musicals together and there's no real thing to do. look. We all know what the story here is going to be. It's going to be MJF somehow cheats and beats Chris Jericho gets into the inner circle and then it becomes, it becomes like half the improv groups I was in, you know, we'd be a much better group if we could get rid of this weak link. So he gets rid of Sammy and Oh, we'd be much better if you know, we, we brought Wardlow in and, you know, replace Hager with him. Oh, okay. And eventually, you know what? I should really be leader of this gang. Sure. And they get rid of Jericho. Sure. That's what's, that's what, to me, that's where the interest is with MJF kind of playing a bad lieutenant throughout and, uh, you know, for the few weeks and stuff until he eventually reveals himself as, you know, he he's, he's the brains behind the operation. And then eventually, you know, proud and powerful go, Hey man, this guy should be leading. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and they get behind him. Um, 
I think this match starts cutesy and then turns into something heated, which is going to be interesting. Uh, as, as I was saying with FTR, I've been very disappointed in MJF in terms of from where he started to where he is now, because I think that, I think the campaign thing and then the town hall, there's too much, too much gimmick. There's too much gimmick in it when he's a guy who you just give him the mic and let him talk Mm -hmm. and he'd be perfect that way. He has. Look, he was my choice for Tully Blanchard to manage because he has that same charisma. He sure. has the same bratty-ass charisma where everybody wants to take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. I would be fine with that. But, look, Jericho's losing this. Jericho's getting screwed somehow without knowing it. And so then MJF starts to kill the inner circle from within. And I I am in complete agreement with their with how they've been using MJF. <laughs> I think it's been too comedy, too gimmicky, like really in the gimmick sense of it. The campaign for the for the build with Moxley was unnecessary. The town hall and okay, the Broadway n- number it was funny, and you know what? There was an undercurrent to it. it. You know, there wasn't there was no mistake in in choosing my shadow and me as the song. You know, there like there wasn't there was there there was something there, but. MJF last year when the the typical who's the best heel in the business uh, uh, conversation would come up, he'd always be up there. Always, always be up there. Oftentimes the first choice for a lot of people alongside uh, the likes of Jay White and for some other people, <clears throat> Baron Corbin. But like, even recently I had uh, I had a, uh, I had a, a discussion with uh, with uh, some of the some of our some of the patrons and uh, of the Mr. Warren Hay show. And we were talking about who is the best heel in the business and MJF didn't even pop up. And that's weird to me. I don't know why you'd, you'd saddle MJF with all this extraneous stuff when just give him a microphone and let him cut the promos that we know he can. And that's your build. Again, your build is, can be really, really simple. Just let him do his thing. That's why I popped when he gave the, uh, the 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 Adderall line to Sammy Guevara two weeks ago because I'm like those are the burns that we like about MJF those th- those those really savage quips that you're like oh my god did he really just say that yes he did he never did those during the campaign with Mox he's been very casual with with Jericho as well I'm not into it I I. I think uh, I think it's a it's a wasted opportunity to have him be full on full on heel because really frankly who's a bigger heel than him in AEW and I'm just asking off the top of my head I can't think of anyone like who- in terms of well he was the best heel for a while until he started that campaign stuff and then they started to build the Dark Order and now the Dark Order is a comedy group Brody Lee maybe. Brody Lee is no longer. I, I can't consider it that with all the antics about chilies and stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. I thought FTR might be getting up there. I think right now Eddie Kingston is your best heel. I guess so. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be it. And it's wild. It's just it's just wild to me. Evan Wright left a super chat. Thank you very much. He says uh, Jericho needs to delete Twitter if he's going for a face turn. He, he's, he's, I get. I guess he's talking politics. Well, how? 
Chris Jericho is not a political guy. Haven't you heard? I guess. I don't know. I've been off of Twitter the past few days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you missed so you missed that. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, 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 the stories we, we need to share. Yes, I know. Everybody got all political and stuff, and I just didn't want to deal with it, quite frankly. I just <laughs> that's fine. Uh, <sighs> uh so um I think MJF wins here as well. Uh, I, and I do think Chris uh, I think Jericho gets screwed out of the victory. And that's fine. Main event time, Eddie Kingston is going to be challenging AEW world champion John Moxley in an I quit match. Um, it was our it was our boy Alex Palowski a couple of weeks ago on the Wednesday Night Wars podcast who said uh, Eddie Kingston's promo, uh, I think two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago for this match is the very definition of selling me a ticket. Um this is i mean it's hard to it's hard to imagine a more simple old school built feud to get you to buy a pay-per-view than this one the healing power of hate is very underrated in professional wrestling <laughs> and all you need to do is make people not like each other and make you believe that they don't like each other and talk like they don't like each other and talk like they want to kick each other's asses and you got them in the building the two best promos right now in professional wrestling are a guy who wasn't on AEW's roster two or three months ago mm -hmm. and a former punter from the NFL. Yeah, but true. Yep. And they're the two guys who get it the most. Yeah. Despite being surrounded by all these supposedly polished professionals. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to make... No, I, look, I'm, no, I'm no. not... I'm not I'm not trying to bury them. I'm I'm really not. But the simple the simple truism of professional wrestling for the past 45 years has been you make money with your mouth. Yeah. And if you can't look, I I get that indie wrestling fan which turned into AEW wrestling fan loves great matches. They love five-star matches. Okay. But after a while AEW every week produces three and a quarter to four and a half star matches on the reg. Mm -hmm. How many do you remember offhand? Uh, uh, Why? Because uh, there's there, there's a handful that you remember, mm -hmm. but but it's quickly becoming okay. Every week we watch guys dive onto a bunch of other guys. It's become that the the the, the things that are going to be memorable. In wrestling, to you as a fan, if you are a younger fan, are promos that build heat to a heated match. My favorite match ever is Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. Sure. The I Quit, the I Quit match there. It's not a great match. It feels like a fight, though. Mm -hmm. It's very heated. The people are screaming. You see two guys who look like they're going after each other for blood. The promos coming out to it made it very clear that these two people hated each other and that this was the only way to resolve this is that I need to so thoroughly humiliate you that you will say, I quit. When in there, I need to beat you down to the point. And yeah, it, it's it's one of those old I quit matches where you put in the microphone and you hear ha, ha, oh, ha, kind of thing in it. You know, it's not as clean as WWE I quit matches. But Eddie Kingston has brought that kind of fire to this I quit match. Mm -hmm. And it's an I quit match 
saves him from having to be work rate darling Eddie Kingston necessarily. Mm-hmm. Which because he's never you, been. That's which he's never been. No. It plays to his strengths. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he and Moxley are gonna have a brawl, and I am all here for it. And it's gonna probably go all around this arena while he's trying to make him quit. And I'm here for that too. Eddie Kingston talks you into the building. Yep. He's the, he talks me into the match. He gives him he actually feels something, which is the thing that's missing. Because you can tell me, oh, back at Backlash, you attacked me and took my WWE title, blah, blah, blah. If you ain't pissed about it, who who cares? Yeah. You know, Shotzi Blackheart had more emotion over a stupid toy tank this week than half the people who have lost titles in the past three weeks. You know, yeah, I agree. They, they, they waste emotional moments on things. I am here for this. I think, and I think Moxley's promos have been fantastic in response. Absolutely. I, I, Fiery ass kicker, fine. I'm going to make you pay for bringing up you know, my mom and all these other things. You know, I love this. This is my favorite build all year, I think, other than Pat McAfee, <laughs> who was who glorious. I don't, I, I everything he does, I want to watch now. Because he brings such a, I get what I'm supposed to be doing out here feel to it, as opposed to, I'm just here to say these stupid lines that they've given me type of thing. That's that, that, that's one of the things I think that, um, uh, I mean, you've been familiar with Kingston's work before, so so have I. So we, I already know what kind of hard-on-sleeve individual he was, right? So... <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled that there's a bunch of people who are discovering him through AEW. That's the beauty of wrestling is that you can always get into a wrestler. You don't have to be there like from the start and be some kind of hipster. like, oh, I saw him when he wrestled King of Trios and Shikara. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I think what's making people jump out of their skin when they see him cut his promos, though, is exactly what you mentioned in regards to WWE, for instance. It's the lack of, of sincerity, the lack of emotion that WWE takes away from their promos. Feel Look, something. All you got to do is feel something, man. And it's and <laughs> it's the same thing like when we saw the New Day do their their split up when they when they did their their final promo together and they, and everyone's like, "What a fantastic promo it was so good." It was it was it was great, don't get me wrong, but if, why are people losing their minds? Well, it's because we're seeing emotion. We're seeing sincerity. We're seeing something that WWE doesn't we're not we're not seeing corporate fealty there you go yeah i am i am proud to be an employee in the smackdown division of wwe incorporated and i will you know it's like saying you have pride in being in the accounting department of a of a large company i I check in i do my work for eight hours i go home i don't have an emotional connection to the people i work for necessarily people some people are some people are, are passionate about equations. Wrestling, you're supposed to be passionate about the people you work for because usually there's another wrestling thing that people could watch, you know? Yes. Ric Flair would come out, I'm very proud to represent the NWA and be their world title holder and blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. I buy that because NWA and WWE were somewhat different and were somewhat competitive with each other. And things. Okay, great. Have that kind of pride. But, you know, watching, you know, we're watching a Survivor Series build right now where it's just people wearing T-shirts. Yeah. A couple weeks after a draft where we're being told this is the only time of year people intermingle when they've been intermingling for the past three weeks or so. Who effing cares? There's no stakes to it. There's no reason to feel 
you know, loyalty to, to man, Raw's run so much better than those people over at SmackDown. No. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple of super chats here. DGMC. Sorry to rant. I just <laughs> no, that's fine. Hey, hey, that's what you're here for. DGMC uh, left a super chat. Says over under someone getting stabbed with a fork during Mox and uh, during Mox and Kingston. Dude, if they do an Abdul the Butcher cameo, I I will I I mean I'll flip. like if he's you know if you have Greg Valentine from a few weeks ago during the dog collar match and they're like. Have him in there just kind of staring blankly. And then like down the row, there's Abdul the Butcher. He takes out a fork and he starts jabbing it in Moxley. Oh, Jesus. I'm here for that, man. Hell yeah. And please do it. I'm here for, I'm here for staple guns. I'm here for forks. I'm here for kendo sticks. There's, there's going to be a lot of garbage in this match. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to feel. It's going to feel authentic. It's going to feel. It's like going to feel authentic. It's going to feel like yeah. Kingston's trying to finish this guy. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DGMC left another super chat as well. Uh, says, should NXT assign Troy Palamalu to feud with McAfee? Troy Palamalu? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't watch football. Thank you for he's, he, he was a former safety for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe he put on one hell of a hit on McAfee at one point because McAfee was that kind of punter who would tackle a guy downfield. Um, hey, they brought Tito Ortiz to have one last match with Brock Lesnar. You know who I want back? I want a uh, former running back for the Titans who did that one shot with TNA. That was great. Oh, uh, shit. I can't remember. Probably someone What's in the it? chat will remember. Yeah, please do. I want to say his last name is Johnson, but I can't remember. Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Evan. Again, he says, um, um, uh, Kingston's Mongo too, while we're at it. How about yeah, that? Halliburton? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, is it Eddie George? No, no, it was not Eddie George. Eddie George. No. D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams. Thank you. Thank That's you. It. Thank you, Evan. Uh, uh, let's move on to a super chat. Then he says, uh, Kingston's thread on Twitter saying that he's doing it for his family, for the four pillars and for Tracy Smothers is great stuff. Hope he wears yes. a Tracy shirt tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd much rather he bring a Tracy Smothers shirt than a Confederate flag. Yes. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying, just saying, um, does Moxley quit or does Kingston quit? No. In, unless they're doing something where they need to get the title off of Mox while he's in Japan. There's no way they're taking the title off of him right now. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I, I frankly, I think I really think that Moxley is going to drop, that is going to drop the title before he goes to Japan. I really do. That's my guess, mm. but not, not tomorrow as much as it would be a shock. I mean, if you want, if you want, um, wrestling Twitter and media to be talking about your product for the entire seven days following, that's what you do. Right. Cause the thought pieces are just going to pour out every day. Could you imagine making Eddie Kingston the champ when he wasn't even signed with your company two months ago and you've been trying to build all these other guys who were supposedly stars and just flopping at it? <laughs> That'd be fascinating. Uh, I hope we I, I want to I hope I hope we get a chance to revisit this conversation. I really do. Crossing my fingers, TK. DGMC leaves us another super chat, says, Will Moxley Kingston be more brutal than Moxley Omega? Yes. Yes. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, 
uh, his prediction, uh, Mox quits via rock slash mankind voice, voice recording. Woo. No, no I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to do that with Jimmy Oso to be honest with you or Jay Uso. Yeah. Look, this is going to be like a, a big budget CZW type of, uh, <laughs> we might, we might see like real barbed wire out there. Yeah. We might see scaffolding in some ways. We, you know, we could, this could be a brutal, brutal bloodbath. One thing we did forget to uh, predict, uh, how long is it going to take before Cody blades in his match? I say uh, six minutes. Six minutes is strong, depending on how much time they have, if they're behind. <laughs> is all, obviously, I think. Sorry, it's true. You know it's true. Know it's uh, I'll go with 10. I'll go with the solid oh, 10. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So they're, they're, So it's a 20-minute match then. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jeff, uh, that's uh, that's full gear. I think there's going to be a lot of good out of this. Any final thoughts on the card? Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the card. Don't don't get don't get my snark the wrong way. It's all done in love because I have friends who work for the company. I can't really insult them that much. But no, I, I'm I'm I just want this to. I don't want anything to go wrong, like the last pay per view because mm-hmm. that really just killed the entire vibe of that card. To me, and and I want this to be a successful wrestling promotion. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And that that's the thing that uh, and you said it yourself. All this criticism, criticism, is, true criticism is born out of love. We want AEW to succeed because we are all better off with an AEW out there than just one big ass promotion with no competition and no alternatives, no televised prime time weeknight alternatives be very clear can't thank you enough for joining me uh tonight jeff i really really appreciate it it was uh we hadn't spoken in a while it was good to talk to you again let everyone know where they can follow your stuff what you got upcoming where can they find you can uh you can follow my nonsense on twitter at crap game 13 i host a show called shake them ropes on the voices of wrestling network at Shake Them Ropes, if you just want to follow the show, I, all I do is I retweet what the episodes are. I don't give opinions there. All my dumb opinions are on Crap Game 13. They are. I'm on the uh, B team of backbenchers after putting in my time at Fightful, but occasionally <laughs> I will pop in for pay-per-views when they need someone. Uh, I've aged out, apparently, or something like Maybe I'm a player coach now. Maybe I'm... No, I, 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 I couldn't do the weekly SmackDown reviews anymore due to a new job at the time. But uh, occasionally you'll find me on pay-per-view shows or when they need me to fill in. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open. And then uh, I pop in here and there when anybody needs me. Such as me on a Friday evening to talk about Full Gear. I appreciate it so much, Jeff. And thank you, everyone, for watching us live. And if you're not watching us live, that's okay. Thank you again. Thank you for watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast application. Consider giving the video a thumbs up or a review wherever it is you're listening or watching to this. Hope everyone has a great rest of their Friday evening. Enjoy full gear. And uh, see you next time.